I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. There's something really wonderful about kids at Christmas. I think we can all generally agree about that. The wonder, the awe, the majesty, the delightful imagination that sometimes runs a little wild. Now, just the other day, we were in Target, as usual. Uh, I think maybe one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was when the Target pickup guy, when I went to the counter with my barcode, said, you come here often. (laughs) I wanted to say, oh, buddy, you don't even know the half of it. We were we were in Target, of course, to like pick up something generic and end up wandering the store and getting stuff that we didn't necessarily need. And we cut through the Christmas section, as one does with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And Rose spotted, she's five, Rose spotted this climbing Santa animatronic decoration that essentially leans against the side of your Christmas tree. And, and when you turn it on, It looks like Santa's climbing the ladder on the side of your Christmas tree to hang Christmas lights. I'd seen it before. In fact, just last year, I had seen this in one of the, you know, Christmas Target ads. $65. Uh, A little too high for for my my Christmas decor spending. So I, I planned on buying it at the end of Christmas to have it for this year, right? And my thought was, my my logic was, well, it'll of course go on sale. But then it didn't. It never went on sale. It was still $65. Okay, well, you know, I forgot about it. Not like Rose had had ever seen it or Claire had seen it last year. But so now we're walking down the Christmas aisle this year. And there it is, the climbing Santa. And it happened to be on sale. And so Rose and I like looked at each other and had this moment of, Mom, let's get that. And I was like, absolutely. Throws it in the cart, goes and checks out. We have climbing Santa up against the tree as I speak. And we got home and I'm, I'm putting it together and I'm, I'm setting it up. And my husband was, was doing a Peloton ride while we had gone to the store and had come back with this, this climbing Santa. And so he comes out of the bedroom freshly showered and exhausted from his ride. And he's, he's just standing there with this, you know, not tacky, but not the classiest of, of Christmas decor, climbing Santa, hanging the lights. And Rose and Claire instantly wanted to show him, Dad, look what mom got. I think we're going to probably burn up the motor on it because the girls love it so much. And it's adorable. There was a a wonder and an awe with the climbing Santa. It's the same wonder and awe that I see in their little faces when every morning they go and say hi to Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, this nativity set that I have sitting on the other side of the Christmas tree. It's quite large. When I did buy it last year on sale, might I add, everyone in my family, including me, was convinced that my girls were going to break it. Because it's quite big and you know, it looks like something that you'd want to play with, but you really shouldn't. But but they haven't broken it. In fact, instead, they just, like I said, they go and say hi to Jesus and Mary and Joseph every morning and they kiss the Holy Family goodnight every night. Children approach Advent and Christmas with a, a simple joy. They know something different, something wonderful. Dare I say something magical and miraculous is happening. And the whole world is doing it. You can't walk into a store without seeing the decor. You can't You can't go into a a place of business without hearing the music in the background. Approaching this season with that childlike wonder and awe, when you have kids in the house, isn't all that difficult because you're trying to make things magical and miraculous for them. Uh, But then there's a, as the season drags on, and I say drags on on purpose, as we're in this season of waiting, sometimes that hustle and bustle of this holiday preparation can begin to weigh on us. There's so much to do and there's so much to prepare and there's so much money to spend and all of this stuff that starts to pile up. And so we want that wonder and awe of a child and, and it's hard to hold on to it because of the responsibilities. 
And having a playful spirit and a spirit of wonder, especially I think when we contemplate the gift of the child Jesus and delightfully enter into this third week of Advent, it's a really, really important part of our Advent journey. If we truly want to behold the gift that is Christmas and prepare our hearts during this Advent season, then we have to rest in that awe. We have to allow ourselves to be stunned, like truly stunned by what this miracle is and why we celebrate it the way we do, why we set up the jumbo nativity set and the twinkle lights and and the giant seven foot Santa Claus in the front yard and the climbing Santa against the tree. And we play the music and we buy the gifts because there's something to revel in. There's something to delight in. There's joy. I wanted to talk about this joy. I wanted to talk about this playful spirit. I wanted to talk about the wonder and awe with somebody who embodies it in her life, has, has raised her kids with that wonder and awe, who speaks about it so eloquently. Michelle Benzinger is just a delight. That is the way to describe her. She is a delight. She is joyful. She is graceful. She is so smart and so well-spoken and has something to say to us about that joyful heart and spirit in the season of Advent. So this, of course, is part of our Advent series, Walking Through Behold, a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation. This conversation with Michelle Benzinger, one of my favorites I've ever had on this podcast. I hope you enjoy it and really come to understand the playful wonder of the Advent and Christmas season. Michelle, welcome back to Ave Explorers. It's great to see you. Amy, it's so wonderful to be with you and see your cute face. (laughs) Well, I am so happy that you took some time to join us to talk about Sister Miriam's wonderful Advent book, Behold, really just about Advent in general. How how is Advent in your house? What does it look like? How do y'all celebrate? You know, how's it going? Oh, yes. Like Advent is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite liturgical season. Like I wish I was holier and love Lent, but I don't. I like Lent, but I just Advent is like I love it because what we're talking about is like a sense of wonder. But there's something about the winter and the quiet and the preparation. Oh, uh, I guess quiet is kind of not really true, but, you know, in my house, but can be. The, I just love <laughs> the wonder. And I am very adamant about certain traditions, though, you know, like you decorate the Friday after Thanksgiving, you know, for mm-hmm. me, it's like Thanksgiving, the Friday after Thanksgiving, I'm not knocking people that decorate earlier, but I just like that Friday <laughs> prior to Thanksgiving. And that usually means football on that Saturday. And so I just love the little traditions that go with Advent and um, yeah, preparing our heart for Jesus is awesome. Yeah. I'm always struck by the fact that there's like a hustle and bustle, but then there is also there's a calm. Like, I feel like my house is softer during Advent. I don't know if it's just like the decorations. So there's just more things in the house <laughs> that dull the noise. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the, there's that anticipation. We know it's about to get busy. So we are very protective of our time. How how do you pray through Advent? Like, how do you get into this? Okay, I, I need to prepare for the, the infant Jesus. I need to prepare for the Lord. What, what does that look like in your life? Okay. It's funny that you asked me that because usually I do my personal retreats in Advent. Like I go away and do a four day silent retreat. Last year, I did not do it. And I paid a heavy price for it for like almost the rest of the year. Like I did not (laughs) do it. And actually, because we were recording in Chicago for the Abiding Together podcast. And then, so I said I would do it like later on in the spring. And then something happened with a kid in spring. So I didn't get it last year. And so this year, I actually am going on personal retreat from the 8th to the 12th, like those days, mm-hmm. Immaculate Conception to Our Lady Guadalupe. So here we go. But it was like when I first started doing it two or three years ago, like for a mom to leave in Advent is like almost like Moses parting the Red Sea, like what the heck, because it's all the different things. 
And, but I realized is the Lord made a way, but because I honor that time and I got quiet in that time, Christmas was always something, um, just the Lord revealed himself in different ways than he had before, because I actually allowed Jesus to be birthed in me in a different way. And I made time to be mm-hmm. quiet and I made time to ponder. And, um, I thank God for my husband who, you know, pulled it in and for four or five days in December, which is always crazy, but it's been like a special time for me, like Advent. And I always remember, I loved being pregnant during Advent. Like there's just mm. something about when you're pregnant during Advent and just going along the mysteries with Mary, you know, but it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or not. Like the Holy Spirit wants to birth something new in you in every Advent. Yeah. So that was always my question that I asked myself, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to birth in me anew this season of Advent, you know, and just, I think there's something beautiful just journeying with Mary in the season, you know, the motherhood. And I mean, there's such powerhouse feast days, you know, Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Loretto is in there also. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, come on, girl, you got a lot of titles going on. Like, how are you going to, yeah. you know, come to me? As how are you being quiet, Mary? Advent yeah, season. she's busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're busy, you know. And so let's eat tacos, but you know, whatever. So that is, yeah, <laughs> just a powerful season, you know. I I love that idea of what do you want to birth in me? Because I think we, I know I walk through Advent anticipating like the stuff I need to do. And I've I've reflected a lot lately on like this idea of I I need to stop asking God what he wants from me and instead inviting him to show me what he wants for me. And I feel like Advent is the perfect time to really say like, okay, like what do you want to, like I'm doing all these things for my family. I'm doing all these things in my life but what are you trying to give to me? Like what gift would you like to give to me? And, and it's, there's like this beautiful irony of the gift that the Lord gives us is no offense to Jesus, but it's like work, like a baby's work. (laughs) A child is a job, a full-time extension of yourself. And yet at the same time, even in those moments of exhaustion and, and fear of the future there, you're still in wonder of this, of this little tiny baby that's been given to you. And the Lord comes that way. Sister Miriam talks really beautifully about how, you know, you're asking this question of what do you, what do you want to give to me? Holy spirit. I feel like sometimes the Holy spirit's very playful. And she writes about that this week, this attitude of receptivity should come with this openness. How do you, how do you talk about that in your family? Like with your kids, how do you and your husband discern that in your home? When you've got a a, a busy house (laughs) with a wide range of children, before we started this interview, you told me that there was a smudge on your computer because a middle school child had the laptop. So of course there's some chaos. How do y'all manage that playfulness? Which sounds a weird, it's a weird way to put it, but how is that playful spirit welcomed into your home? Well, it's so funny that you even gave me this topic. Sister, you know, (laughs) said, hey, can you go on Ave Maria and talk about the book? Because she and I discussed a lot of the stuff that she was going to write in the book and all through that process. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea of playfulness has been huge for both of us this year. Because for me, like I even taken a step back from um, doing a lot of extended travel and doing a lot of different things Mm -hmm. to go back to school and to really be in my family a lot more, which was different. But one of the reasons I did, because my immune system was like, girl, you got to stop. I was, I'm borderline autoimmune. And my doctor looked at me like, yeah. all right, if you don't change this, like something is going to really change you quickly and you're not going to be able to move or do anything. So I have, but one of my big things was play. I was like, I don't learn, know how to play. 
you know? Mm. And I was like, I used to be a really fun person. Like what the heck happened? You know? And I was like, all these kids happened, you know? And, but my husband's awesome at play, like amazing, like just totally amazing. So I had to learn like, okay, what is my style of play? And actually uh, Dr. Stuart Brown has a great book on play. If you ever want to read it, he goes through different types of play and like different styles and like almost like personality types. And I loved it because mine is wonder and awe. It is beauty. It is like literature movies it is not playing kickball. Like it's just not, but, um, <laughs> but I love it because when my son, uh, my second son went, oldest son went to off to college. So I have um, three out of the house right now, but two are at college right now. And I wasn't expecting this year for like, okay, we did this last year. So this is the next one coming. You know, it took me down for the count. Mm-hmm. Like there was something about all three of my older kids. It was like a domino effect leaving. And then I remember I came back home from school and I sat down to the dinner table and we're used to six kids. There was only three. And the one that left for school this year, he just has a big personality. So it was just mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And I mean, Katie, when I tell you, like I cried for four days, like yeah. after, like I came home after taking college, it was just this grieving period that I wasn't expecting. So I was like, okay, we have to create some new family traditions. Cause I looked at the dinner table and it was half empty. I'm like, all right, we have to create some new family traditions. This is, we need a new normal because our family is transitioning. And I just wasn't. So we actually started this thing called Wonder Wednesday in our family, where we would do a picnic and then we usually go out to the beach to watch the sunset. And actually when we're recording oh, cool. this today, Katie, this is our last Wonder Wednesday. We're going to the beach and then we're going to change locations, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we started these Wonder Wednesdays and watching the sunset. And it's amazing how much my kids love it, you know? Yeah. And it was just this new tradition we started. And it was so funny. I told a good friend of ours family bars that we're doing it. She's like, um, we're joining you. Hello. So everyone just picks yeah. up Chick-fil-A. We eat at a picnic table and we watch, I mean, we're like, we live at the beach. We need to enjoy it, you know? Um, yeah. but it's that stop in the middle of the week just to exhale. And it takes 45 minutes, you know, like yeah. 45 minutes, but it was so funny. We were sitting at the dinner table and my daughter looked up and she could see from the window at the dinner table. She's like, mom, look at this sunset. Look at those colors. You know, I was like, okay, this is, this is working. Like, this is really working. Like, because they're paying attention, you know, like they're paying attention to beauty. They're paying attention to the the world around them. They're paying, they're looking up and, you know, paying attention. So that's one of the ways that we've tried Mm -hmm. in our house, you know, is just pay attention to the simple things, you know, but really to get them out somewhere where they can pay attention to beauty and wonder, you know. Yeah. That's such a, you said looking up. And it was only really recently that I re- I kind of realized how much of my life has has been spent looking down, you know, and like as a mom, it's down, like looking at the floor, like what needs to be picked up, what needs to be wiped. But as a as a woman of faith, as a person who hopefully is paying attention to what the Lord wants to show me, I can't constantly be looking at, say, the phone that's in front of me. Like I need to be looking up to see, okay, what are my children taking note of or or what what responsibilities, yes, are, are plaguing me and there are things that need to be taken care of, but like, where is that moment of beauty where I can be shocked by the playful spirit of, of the Lord, where I could be surprised by the wonder of a particular moment? You mentioned your daughter looking out the window. The other day we were driving home from school and the drive to pick Rose up from school is not nearly as annoying as the drive home. It's like, that's right when all yeah. the traffic converges and to get to our street, you have to go down a pretty busy four lane road that has no turning lane. So people will just be stuck there trying to turn left. And so you're, you get backed up. So we're backed up and we're, we're pretty far from the light where we would have to turn. And I'm getting kind of annoyed because I have a lot of things I need to do when I get to the house. And 
you know, in the back seat is Rose and we need to go pick up Claire. So I text Tommy, like, you're going to have to go get Claire because I'm going to be too late. And so, and all of a sudden I hear Rose go, I see a cat. And she said it so slowly that I'm like, she didn't just like say the sentence. I see a cat. And I, I look in the, you know, the little rear view and she's reading a book. She's holding a book. And we've been working on learning to read. She's five. She's in kindergarten. And sometimes it's harder on some days than others. And like some days she seems to hate it. But now here she is. She just grabbed a book out of the little organizer bin between their two car seats and she was reading it. And so I, I like tried to contain my excitement, hands on the wheel. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to ruin the moment. She flips the page. She reads the next page. I see a fly. Now there's pictures. So of course, like maybe she's just like looking, but she, she got the I see a, like she read that on her own. And so I'm, again, I'm containing my excitement. She flips the page. I see a bird and I couldn't keep it in anymore. I was like, Rose, you're reading. And she's like, yeah, mom, like the most casual thing in the world. Like, Yeah. So I was in wonder of this moment and she was almost like not in wonder of what she was doing, <laughs> but, but yet still there was great joy. And I feel like that's Advent is like, sometimes we're ships in the night with like the joy of the church because we're just exhausted by all of the preparation for Christmas or like, we're so, so ready. And the church is like, no, no, hold your horses. You still have seven days to go with these candles uh, that you had to find in the attic that were melted together. And, and so you frantically went to the Catholic bookstore to try to find some new ones because you've got to liturgically live. And then the Lord surprises us with these little moments of wonder. How I love this Wonder Wednesday. You're fostering wonder in that particular way. Advent's going to end, though, and we're going to be at Christmas, and then Christmas is going to be over, and we're back in a good old ordinary time. And we're still called to be people who behold the wonder of the Lord, still, yes. still people to behold mm -hmm. the joy of the Christ child, you mentioned this retreat and that fuels you for the rest of the year. What are some ways that that wonder and beholding the goodness of the Lord factor into the day-to-day -day in your household, far beyond just the season that the church gives us to, to pay attention to it? Yeah, I think for us, gratitude is a big deal, like learning how to be grateful. We do dinner mm -hmm. questions. And um, Ooh, I really funny. learned when my older two boys were saying the art of conversation, we are losing it at a rapid pace in this generation, like yeah. a rapid pace, you know, like we really lost, you know, are losing the skill, like to have conversations and have conversations with meaning. And so like, we realized, okay, we just assume that our kids are like, how come you don't know how to have a conversation, you know, but it's really learning how to ask questions, like to ask questions of them, but then to ask questions of other people, like, Hey, yeah. what is this? So one of the things we do is like, what are you grateful to do? We'll either highs or lows for the day. And then like, what are you grateful for? You know, like, and it's just simple dinner questions to bring it all back, you know, mm -hmm. um, for us, dinner is a big deal, like family dinner and with sports schedules, we get it like once or twice a week. It depends on the sports season. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just going to be honest because we have kids, but we're really big on Sunday dinner, you know, like Sunday, either brunch or dinner. And there's something about just coming as much as we can to come around the dinner table. And I mean, it's not fancy, but it's dinner, yeah. you know, and to do that, but to ask questions, like to really be mindful, to ask questions. And I realized um, it isn't the ordinary day-to-day -day things like that you get the, the really amazing moments with your kids, you know, for me or with family. It's the simple ordinary. It's not these grand moments that really bring about their formation or their conversion or even as a community. Like my next door neighbor right now is she has two sets of twins, two years apart, oh. you know, which is miraculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the, the, her doctor's like, you're a miracle. And she goes, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And she's a four-year-old. So like she's in the trenches, like five <laughs> under four. There's something about my husband. I love it because we're like, okay, we're not right at grandparent yet, but our, you know, our youngest is 13. So we're yeah. like, um, 
okay. So, but there's something about having them next door with our older kids that we just love, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they're just part of our um, sense of wonder and awe, like in the everyday, like we literally at our dinner table say, Hey, oh my gosh, did you know the, you know, this little twin Jude did this today? Did you, and we talk about the twins, the two-year-old twins, like we're so enamored with them, but I think that's the beauty of a children. Like I'm yeah. sure like with you, you know, when you watch them read for the first time or walk for the first time, it is like best thing ever, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just this, yeah, they just bring you know, like, and he came as a child and a baby. That's always mm-hmm. what, amaz- you know, just amazes me about Jesus. You know, I mean, that he was that little and that vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think, uh, I think very similar to the Jewish people, we are looking for this big king or this warrior to come in and he comes in as a child, mm-hmm. you know, very simple, very hidden, you know, in the quiet and in, in circumstances that are not ideal and mm-hmm. that we usually don't expect the savior of the world to come through. And he comes in a lot of mess you know yeah he's in a barn and so he's in a stable (laughs) so he's yeah you know he comes into mess which he comes into the mess of our families and our hearts and our communities or wherever we are I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Michelle. I wanted to take a second and tell you very quickly about our sponsor for today's episode living liturgically is an incredible new company. You can find them over at their website, which is linked down in our show notes, liveliturgically.com. They bring the beauty of the church and the family together. And I say that as somebody who, one, is telling you about this company, but two, as somebody who uses their flagship product, which is this family calendar, the liturgical family wall planner that helps you live with more purpose. Now, we all have places where we write stuff down, the appointments and the tests coming up in kindergarten and what we're having for dinner and what we need to throw in the grocery order. And so what Live Liturgically has done is create a place for all of that. I have my Live Liturgically wall calendar hung up on the side of our fridge, right next to our coffee pots, kind of command central for our family. And on the calendar you have every week, a space for gratitude list and for prayer intentions, a meal planning section, It reminds you of the liturgical color for the week, as well as of the current church season, a daily list of both national holidays and Catholic feast days. It's a colored circle to tell us again that liturgical color of the day, a place to write your to-dos, a section to plan when you're gonna go to mass and free space to write all the stuff down. So everybody in my family has a colored marker and that's where we put what everybody's got going on. I absolutely love this product and I'm pretty sure you will as well. If you go check it out right now at liveliturgically.com, they are running a great deal to get your first three months. So it comes in a three month set to really show you how to live with intentionality and purpose and and to live the life of the church as a family along with everything else that you've got going on. So check it out. We have a coupon code down for you in the show notes. Check it out, liveliturgically.com. All right, let's get back to the conversation with Michelle Benzinger. There's the scene from the office where Jim and Pam are holding their new baby and and she jokes and she's like, should we count our toes again? And and Jim laughs. He's like, no, I'm sure there's still 11. And it's just kind of like this little jokey moment where it's like he makes a dad yeah. joke and she kind of rolls her eyes as she's enamored with this this baby that they're so in love with. And the next scene, of course, is the chaos in that first night. And I, and I love I mean, I love the show itself, but I love that scene because of the realness of that moment where you just yes. like you're holding this little baby. We've all had that moment if we're parents. And even if you're oh, yeah. not a parent, right, like you've 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 held a child, you've held a baby, you've watched somebody hold a baby and. You can see the exhaustion. You know that there's going to be chaos, that there will be moments where you don't have answers for these kids when they ask these big questions or when you have to figure out, okay, we have to pivot, like something didn't go according to plan. But I, I 
one of the things I've been meditating on besides this whole, like what, not what you want from me, but what do you want for me is also those moments where Joseph and Mary would have watched Jesus and like how, how it must've been, they know he's the savior of the world. And yet he's also just, you know, being potty trained, or he's also just learning how to toddle about the house and cruising on different objects, or like he's, he's rejecting dinner. Like he's throwing his peas across the room and how they had to kind of hold those two things in tension of the savior of the world, but also my two-year-old or, you know, the savior of the world, but also a baby who's cluster feeding on night one. And like those two things, that's, I think where the wonder is found in the tension between the chaos and also the, the simple joy and, and awe at the moment, the wonder is found as we realize like it's all of it. It's not just one or the other that we we kind of walk along that journey. And Advent is the perfect time to contemplate that because the church is giving us these little rituals and giving us these traditions that we can incorporate into our home. This is how we've we've ended all of our episodes this season is if, if you had to think about the Advent over the years with your family and the Advents to come, especially in this new phase with three out of the house, what are some of your favorite family Advent traditions, the ways that y'all foster this wonder and awe, that y'all think about all the meanings of the candles? And and what does it look like in your house on this Advent journey with everyone together? Because I think a lot of people listening are just like, OK, we want to we want to do this. We've got this great book. But what do I do in my house tradition wise? So, so can you share with us? Yeah, a couple of our traditions. It is funny because I planned ahead on this one is like for St. <laughs> Nicholas Day, everyone gets a fun pair of socks, like yeah. a fun pair of socks, whether it's Saint socks or like nacho socks or I mean, like it just yeah. depends. And I for each person, like I figure out like, OK, what do they need this year? But I love what they have and they get a sock and they get a new ornament to put on our tree. So I was even thinking, OK, I have to send the ones to the kids at college. I'm like, or should I do that? Because then they'll just break them and then I'll get aggravated. Like, oh, yeah. So I was like, I'll just send the socks. But we do that. So that is like a big one. And then Our Lady of Guadalupe is always Mexican, you know, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, and to do a pinata. But I keep it simple because I know like if I put high expectations, like I'll get upset because I didn't need some. And then for us, it's the advent lighting it every, you know, night. Mm-hmm. And usually we put it on the dinner table to have at dinner or we do it during family prayer, you know, but just there's something about, like you said, it's living in tension, which I think for me, I'm a pendulum swinger. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to live in tension, but that's where that's, that's life is living yeah. in this tension, you know? And, um, but I love the symbol of light in the darkness and that's mm-hmm. tension. You know, this is a dark time. It's even a dark time in nature at this point. Like, especially mm-hmm. those of us that live in central time, Yeah, like it gets dark at four 30. You're like, you know, by seven o'clock, we're like, is it midnight yet? Yeah. Ready to go yes. to bed. You know? yeah. you're like, oh. Exactly. Like, can everyone just put pajamas on at five o'clock? Like we're done, <laughs> you know, but I love the whole season of light and dark, you know, and just the advent wreath is like our big one for us, mm-hmm. you know, and there's always our list of Christmas movies that have to be watched, oh, you yeah. know, and that's just the fun, you know, <laughs> the fun ones. And then the, you know, more serious ones, but the fun ones are great, you know? And then my older boys really do not like the fact that I love Christmas pajamas, but they're like so over it. So you know. <laughs> just, sorry guys, you're in my house. You awesome. go to mass on Sunday, you wear matching Christmas yeah. pajamas, no questions asked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. I, I told Tom the other day, I, I rue the day that Rose wants to do her own Halloween costume and not a family costume because it's like my absolute favorite tradition. And I was like, except we've done it. We've done a decent job of like, sh- we let her pick and then we just build around it. So like one year she wanted to be a chicken. So we were chicken and waffles. Right. So like, even if there is like a day where she wants to be a fairy princess, okay, like That's we'll funny. figure out what, what will match, let them lead. Right. <laughs> and so I've also had the same yeah. fear of 
the Christmas pajama. What there will come a day when she looks at me and she's like, I'm not, I'm not putting this on, mom. <laughs> and how do I, how do I mandate? Sorry, you live here. You got to do it for the photo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michelle, where can people follow you? Where can they listen to the the new to return abiding together? Yeah. So abiding together podcast that I do with sister Miriam James, who wrote this beautiful Advent devotional and Heather Kim. We are launching our new season the first week of January, whatever that Monday is. I think it's January 2nd. So we will be there and you can find us. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Benzinger. I'm not a great social media person, either I'm feast or famine, like I'm on, or a lot of times I'm starting classes back again. So then I go completely off, you know, and then, but our Abiding Together podcast is on Instagram and on Facebook and all that also. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time, Michelle. It's always great to visit with you. You are welcome, Katie. It's so good to be with you. I hesitate to use the word magic because, you know, I'm not talking like magic, Harry Potter, Gandalf, that kind of thing. I'm talking more like wonder and awe and the spirit of of joy that can come from the, the Advent season as we prepare intentionally. You know, one of the things we do with my kids is every night we look at the Jesse cards that, you know, the Jesse tree symbols with this, this set of Jesse tree cards that we have from a Catholic family crate. And it's just a quick little sentence about the image of the day a gospel or scripture reference that we then look up in the Bible and read together. And then we talk about it. It's very simple. It's very basic. It takes like 10 minutes total. You know, to be quite honest, that's about how long dinner time takes sometimes because my kids are somewhat picky eaters and don't always want to eat the dinner I've set in front of them. But at least in that 10 minutes, we're talking about something in the church and part of our faith journey. And there's this wonder and awe that comes about when we talk about these things that they've heard of or they know about or they've, they've heard us talk about all throughout the liturgical year and all throughout the sharing of our faith. And there's great joy and wonder in that. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be excessive. It doesn't have to be expensive to try to, to bring in that childlike, playful spirit, that wonder and awe of, of Jesus as a child, of that sense of discovery that he certainly had as a little kid. You know, all of this uh, conversation about Advent as we inch closer and closer to Christmas, and we are so close, right? We're coming into this fourth week of Advent. We get a full-blown four weeks this year before we arrive at Christmas. And there's something, just something truly marvelous about this idea that in the waiting, it's not this somber, plodding along, woe is me waiting, but literally today, Gaudete Sunday, Joy Sunday, we change the color, we get some rose, we, we get some pink, uh, we get some light in this idea, in this beautiful, beautiful idea that there's something to revel in. There's something magical and miraculous happening. I hope you've enjoyed walking with us as we've journeyed through Behold, a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation. You can still send this link to your friends and family if they're trying to get more into the Advent spirit, as it were. You can share with them what you're listening to. We'd be very, very grateful that you could, you could give this podcast a rating and a review so that more folks can find it. Just know that we're praying for you as this Advent journey continues. We'll be back next week for our fourth and final episode of our Advent series with my good friends, Rachel and Jason Bullman, talking about the Holy Family and how to live Christmas, especially with that holiness that we want to embody within our own families. So we hope you come back next week for more. We're grateful that you journeyed with us today on Behold from Ave Explorers. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.